0: Listeners, geeks, nerds of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds, welcome to the Forever Classic Games podcast. I'm Joe Simpson, one of the fabulous hosts here, and I'm joined, as usual, by my buddies Alex and Zach. Say hello, guys.
1: Hey there.
2: Yo, what's up? It's me, your boy McCumber. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy. Alex. What's up, demons? <laughs> We are here because we love to celebrate and discuss all things entertainment, geeky, whatever we're excited about lately, and uh, maybe try to draw some meaning out of it if it's at all possible. Uh, I think uh, we've
2: been pretty successful in that, actually. I
0: I think we, you know, know, we force (laughs) it sometimes, but we get there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But today, we've got a fun topic ahead of us, but before Mm -hmm. we get there, Alex tell the folks about patreon
2: Ooh, so if you want to support us in anything we do here at forever classic games uh definitely look us up on patreon we do have a patreon we need a little bit more extra work as far as the actual incentives of it all but honestly i would kind of push people towards our paypal which is available at paypal.me slash forever classic games and it's very easy to find on our website. I also encourage anybody who likes what we do and would like to support that monetarily, which we will certainly need at some point, um, to check out the various like donation links for all of the authors because most of our authors have connected like a Venmo or a Cash App or a, a PayPal or what have you, and being able to support them and, and being able to reward them for their good work, we, we want to kind of have that in our ecosystem, so to speak. That way we can avoid doing ads having corporate nonsense and you know keeping our souls which i'm all about personally
0: so if you're sitting there thinking boy zach wrote a really good article he deserves a cup of coffee you can you send can do him that
2: yeah well yeah. i don't know if you can for zach i don't know if his link is on there do you have a link no i
1: didn't put it. <laughs> in okay in well don't on.
0: <laughs> if you send alex money because i don't think i have one either send yeah. alex five dollars and then he will forward I it to one of street. us. <laughs> yeah, and mail me a cup of coffee.
2: Donut did, like, package up. <laughs> <laughs> my mom mailed me a pie. <laughs> no, like, no packaging, just a pie from, like, Walmart. Like, a little plastic lid. Wasn't even taped down. Just threw that in a box and said, happy birthday. <laughs>
0: I remember that. You were like, what the heck? That's my amusing. mom mail me a porch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> did no, my mom it was just mail pie me a and, pie? Like cookies everywhere where the squirrels had gotten into it. Yeah. Wild. I told her to stop mailing me food. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: today we're gonna talk about G O A Y, or Goy or greatest of all year. But before we get into that topic, what are you guys doing? What are
2: you up to? What are you geeking about? Mm, I would like to hear about Zach's uh, fancy Minecraft server. Convince me to buy Minecraft. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll buy happen? it for
1: you if you want to play. But um, uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got the Minecraft server up into like, I guess you'd call it like public test phase. I got a hosting service doing it twenty four seven. We have lots of stuff going on in it kind of removed some of the things that make it overpowered so you can't go from like zero to done in one sitting. I mean, I guess you could mm. if you just stay sitting, but lots of more fun <laughs> things to come at uh lots of harder yeah, Don't underestimate
0: people's ability to sit.
1: That's true. That's that's what I wasn't going to. But um yeah, it's you know. it's pretty interesting. We're just trying so, to balance it and stress test it right now. So we're in test 4.
0: So mm. what is like what is the process of that like I know a little bit of like server hosting because I'm, I'm looking into doing something for Valheim because my friend, his daughter, myself, and my daughter all enjoy playing the game together. However, whoever created the world has to be the one logged in, has to be online in order to play. But if we set up a server, anyone at any time can just jump in and play. So what is like the benefit or like what is the appeal of having like a server set up for Minecraft? No,
1: like the biggest part of it's what you just said like oh, so if okay. I, if you set it up you don't have to be logged in all the time for it to go. It just goes yeah, it runs because like
0: in the world I hosted, we're building a really sick fort that's a bridge over a huge river and so that's our main base is this like bridge fort that connects two bodies of like or two land masses and we can only build on it when I'm actively playing the game and so it's like, and everyone else plays more than I do, so they've kind of moved on. Hmm.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that's the, the biggest benefit for any server stuff is it's always there, so you don't have to have somebody you're anchored to, um, unless your game mechanics have something like you can't pick up something somebody else put down or some shit, because hmm. some games have that, and it's really annoying. I understand why, but it's also just really annoying.
2: And it, it sounds and I like imagine you can customize all those rules and cuz I know back in the day people were making those little like Hunger Game mini games and stuff in Minecraft. Is that still like are, are you guys doing that or what so do have kind of customization look like?
1: We don't have any mini games or anything set up. That's like all stuff like on the dartboard of we could totally do this. Um, hmm. but I haven't. Most of what so I've okay. done is uh, so they have things called scripting. So basically you go in and you write like a really simple computer script like nothing hard. It's in Zen script that's really, really easy. Uh, and I've basically scripted out stuff. So you can't have like the drill that drills 13 by 13 blocks every time it touches something. So like you have to still do some, some a little extra manual labor but you still have other tools that do big things for you just not quite as big and easy. Um, just things that won't make you be like godlike. Except for we left the glider in because the glider is really crazy. Because um, we hadn't played Minecraft since really like one point one two point two, and it's one point one nine point two now. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's like eight years of Minecraft.
2: I haven't played years. it since it was bought by Xbox. Was the last time? Like I played it on the 360 in college in like 2013. <laughs> that's the last time I put any time into this game. Yeah, I mean I've that's played very little
0: with my daughter on Switch yeah that's what I'm saying oh no when I when I got uh, it had Game Pass I played around with oh. the RTX stuff a little bit but I literally just downloaded RTX levels and just wandered around in them mm-hmm. that's all I did
1: yeah so for ours um, we don't I don't have a super hard goal but there's ways we mm-hmm. can add in quests we can add in mini games there's a lot of stuff for people who want to uh just kind of create and world build and then there's extra dimensions right now and lots of extra like enemy types to create a more challenging world outside of just like a basic super easy minecraft so like you have a little bit of challenge in the overworld where everybody starts and you see most often but then like the nether has new enemies new biomes new terrain uh the end same same sort of deal and then we have another biome called the deeper dark deeper darker which is just kind of crazy it's got all this stuff based on the wardens you can accidentally summon a warden everywhere tons of really hard enemies and it's just really like it's a hard zone to be in uh, <laughs> even in the best of times so it's one that like would be more like of a cooperative approach in my mind like going in there with People for a purpose or something, right? Um, but a cool challenge, but so that you have and like the something
2: that you're like doing with your younger brother, so it's like a cool bonding exercise, and you guys get to learn about, you know, how to like go about making these servers and stuff. So that that's really cool. I'm excited to see where it ends up, and once you guys are really in like a stable state, and I can find the time, I'll absolutely jump in and check it out. Yeah,
1: I mean it's it's ish We're just trying to break it. That's really where we're at. We're just like what what will overload it and what will break it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we're playing the slow, like, not, like, cheat-moding ourselves stuff, so we're building up just slow and on our time to see what that kind of build-up is like uh, and going to be right. like for people. So if it's really dull and boring, we'll change some stuff and tweak some stuff to make different pieces of it It kind of kinda sounds faster. like
0: you're just playing the game.
1: Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah. And then serving wild... blocks for more more servers later. This has been something I've wanted to play with for a long time.
2: Very cool. Yeah, I know you've talked about it on and off for the past like six or seven years. A uh,
0: a wild Minecraft related uh, like weird circular sort of anecdote I have is little gamer loves Minecraft. As a result, we've gotten her a couple of the Lego Minecraft Lego kits. Okay. Great. Yesterday she was showing me what she was building, and she was building those Lego kits inside of Minecraft. That's funny. (laughs) So she's got like some like Minecraft fox building that she made out of Lego, that like the official Minecraft Lego set, and now she's building that same thing in Minecraft, and it's just sort of like. Oh, this, like, Minecraft-inspired Lego-inspired Minecraft. Like, <laughs> it's Welcome a weird to piece of
2: the Ouroboros childhood education arc.
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, it's the inception of Minecraft Lego. Mm. Uh, next up, uh, Alex, you and I have the same thing
2: on our Geeking Out. Oh, yeah, out. I guess we do. Probably for different reasons, if I had a hazard of a guess. Well, it's geeking out but (laughs) so
0: if you're if you're enjoying it you should write it down if you're not enjoying it you're not really
2: geeking out about it i'm enjoying very specific pieces of it so Pokemon scarlet and violet came out and i absolutely adored pokemon legends arceus it's it also came out in 2022 in like january uh don't forget so i i really liked that and i was like man if they can keep this going that'd be sick and clearly there's very little itty bitty pits of Arceus inside of Scarlet and Violet. It's just not as dramatic as I would hope. And clearly these games were kind of made in tandem and they just happened to release in the same year based on COVID or marketing needs or whatever, right? Like if you're Nintendo or if you're the Pokemon company, how do you make a bunch, bunch of money? You just release a Pokemon game. This one sold like hotcakes, right? It was like 30 million in a weekend or something.
0: Yeah, it was and a so lot. so I've been
2: playing it. And I have also
0: been playing it, uh, and overall, I am enjoying my experience. Like, There's definitely performance issues, but they are not ruining the experience for me whatsoever. But unique to, I guess, my experience is, for the last few years, I've purchased the double pack of each Pokemon Mm -hmm. game, and I play it with my daughter, where we sit on the couch together, and we... Trade Pokemon and talk and share and I help, her kind of explain like, oh, you know, you're you're going up against the fire gym. You're gonna want dirt and water because hmm. that's what put out fires. You know, trying to walk her through the strategy it. of it. Yeah. So <laughs>
2: like, why? Buglet the dirt type. <laughs> no, dirt. it's done, done,
1: done, sports.
2: <clears throat> so, but.
0: With Scarlet and Violet, they've introduced this new sort of party-up cooperative Mm -hmm. mode. And ultimately, it's kind of the same as before, because you don't have to stick together. But what you can do is, at a moment's notice, do a raid fight. Mm -hmm. And you're already connected, so it's usually really quick and easy. And then you just get dropped back off where you were monkeying around with i yeah, wish it, like, there was i wish there were some more things you could do all together but it's fun to like r- explore the world together you're like mm-hmm. you're on your like you're on your like motorcycle pokemon riding around riding the lands like some sort of weird biker gang uh and <laughs> you are the biker ba-
1: bullies in this game
0: yeah even in battles you can see each other Which Mm -hmm. is hilarious, because I'll be in a battle and then suddenly, little gamer will just cream right through my Pokemon battle just at full speed. It's very very funny. Um, But like the performance issues and stuff, I'm like it's a turn based RPG. Literally, I'm not feel. I don't really feel like I'm missing a whole lot. I'm also the guy who like. Forced himself to like, I guess I didn't have to have to do it, but I wanted to because I was enjoying the game so much. But I 100% completed uh, Shadow of Mordor, where any time I took out the bow, it suddenly dropped to like five frames a second. And I 100% completed that with that happening. And so that's never really been like something that ruins the experience for me and right. i'm someone who really appreciates the classic like turn based like grind approach like i don't like that all my pokemon level up at the same time and have forced share experience share i would rather much ha- i would much rather have the like one like choice in that and cuz i don't feel as attached to my party when mm-hmm. i don't use most of my pokemon for super long periods of time because i'm not trying to grind them up
2: Aside um. from the real-time elements of Arceus, you might not like Arceus for that reason. And I I like it for that reason, because, you know, I'm, like, over 30. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Pokemon. So in this one, I'm just running around leveling up my dudes and doing raids and, feed, like, force-feeding them experience candies and stuff. <laughs> and so I have all these, like, cool Pokemon that, you know, I, I just kind of pal around with. But the reason that I'm glad that I don't get attached to any of them is at a moment's notice, I can change up the team. And that's really cool because I'm doing all these little strategies because I've played at least some competitive Pokemon on Pokemon Showdown. And so I know, like, some general ideas, like, oh, if I do Swords Dance four times in a row and then Baton Pass to whatever, I can just sweep an entire team if I ever get stuck, which is very rare, but, you know, it happens. But the, I think the re- this is why I think you also finished Shadow of Mordor is because this game is very much a great game for anybody who likes to collect and just see little things and watch numbers go up. <laughs> and for that reason, Pokemon is something that, I, like, I, I started a new job. I spend all day at my computer looking at spreadsheets and such. Uh, it's really cool. I'm definitely downplaying it right now. But at the end of the day, like, when I'm so exhausted, but I'm like, man, I, I just want to, like, do something with my hands that's not just watching TV or, like, reading or something, right? I want to do something active. Pokemon has fit that extremely well
0: that's always been pokemon for me and why yeah. i sort of like the format is it's very passive I, for me. i can watch a movie and not miss anything in pokemon usually yep. i i am sort of curious how many shinies i've accidentally killed because i just didn't notice because i'm just tapping a and sure screaming right. through them
2: but, but just the general dopamine of wandering the the wilderness in Pokemon and not really knowing what's out there and running into like, I don't know, like a, I'll I don't think Charmander's in this game, but say it's a Charmander, <laughs> uh, that would be really exciting to just be wandering and a Charmander pops up and be like, oh, I like that guy, and you catch the little guy, you know.
0: I am currently level like forty five, somewhere in that range. And yesterday I'm in like I caught sixty. A- I, but I, 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 uh, I was able, I found a, a terastalized ice Lucario. Yeah. But it was level 75. I've seen
2: this cat. Yep. I (laughs) I caught it. I found a dragonite like that. Hell yeah. I caught that,
0: I caught him. I can't use See, him because I don't have the gym badge to control him. That's but what Arceus
2: I, does really well. Like, there's so, there's such a disparity of what you find in the wild. Like, you'd be walking through the woods and running to level 80 Snorlax or whatever. Super early in the game.
0: Most, his attacks either were not very effective at all or couldn't hit me at all because I right. had my starter Pokemon, which was Fire and uh, Ghost. So his fighting moves couldn't hit me and his steel moves did very little damage. So even though I was half his level, I was able to grind him down and just throw Pokeballs at him. I think I ended up catching him in a timer ball, which is the more turns
2: that pass the higher likelihood. (laughs) That's a good one. But but what I like about this game is, so the whole performance thing hasn't bothered me because I choose not to interact with it. I don't go to towns. (laughs) I don't see people ever. All I do is wander the wilderness, catching things. I beat all the titans so that my kharayadon or whatever has all the movement. I can climb mountains, I can glide, I can swim. I do okay, all that stuff. Okay, hermit Alex. And I just wander the wilderness like Paul at the end of Dune 2. <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but uh yeah, that I like the last little while though when I sit down and I'm like I want to play God
2: of War Ragnarok. Right. But I have the energy for Pokemon, and right, so because if I sit down to play Ragnarok, I'm going to put four hours into it. <laughs> well, also it's
0: just a more demanding game, like True. in general. But so move, but moving from the Pokemon talk because we have got a lot to talk about tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Plus has released the first couple of episodes of Willow, mm. and I'm a huge fan of the movie. The eight, like the by Ron How- directed by Ron Howard. Starring Val Kilmer and um, uh, Warwick Davis. Uh, I love the story behind why the movie exists. It's because George Lucas met Warwick Davis on the set of Star Wars. Enjoyed interacting with him so much. And intentionally wrote a movie that he could have the starring lead in. Hmm, cool. And that was a rare opportunity for... uh, I guess people with dwarfism Mm -hmm. even to this day you it doesn't happen very often
2: is that warwick then
0: yeah warwick davis he 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 was uh he's played multiple roles across star wars sure uh but he is willow the titular character and he returns in this uh we haven't i haven't seen val kilmer yet but i with his vocal stuff that's happened i don't know how much how involved he will be Right. But it the first couple of episodes. I guess other people might not enjoy it as much as me, but I was apparently just perfectly in the mood for some just classic D&D style fantasy nonsense, like the first two episodes are, are like the first episode is literally just like. Here's the main characters. Here's a riddle written in blood. And here's the here's the wizard. You're gonna have to cross the mountains of Arrakis. and or like it's just like all these things. And like you're gonna have to cross the Shatter Sea. And no, I'm not going across the Shatter Sea. I'm out or what? Like it's like just made up nonsense words as names of just locations. <laughs> There's you know the the chosen child who's supposed to save them all and like all of this stuff. But it just. It's the perfect, like, this is the party coming together and they're going to go ad- adventuring. And cool. I've been watching it with the whole family. We sat down and watched it. Aww. And it was, I'm really excited for the rest of this series because I love Willow a lot. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time because it's just absurd, and mm. but great in all the right ways. Val Kilmer's Mad Mardigan is hilarious.
2: I haven't seen the original 80s movie. I guess it passed me by or whatever. Like, the first never-ending story I hadn't seen until me and you sat down and watched (laughs) it because somebody pointed it out that it was kind of like why Elden Ring had turtles. And I was like, that's kind of weird. (laughs) That was a very interesting lens. You can watch the old Willow on Disney Plus, too. Thank goodness.
0: Yeah, I would highly recommend watching that. And uh, some people I've seen have thought the first two episodes were boring or cliche, and I'm like, well, it is just sort of a... it is supposed to be sort of a standard fantasy continuation right. of a standard fantasy. Like, it, I don't think it's trying to break new ground, but it is trying to, like, expand on this world and give these characters new arcs that were there and introduce new characters into this world. And I think the new characters really capture some of the same magic. And you can tell, like, oh, this is definitely the daughter of this character by the yeah. way
2: she acts and looks and wants to interact with the world. Zach have you seen this fantasy film or are you more into a different fantasy
1: I have not seen or heard of Willow actually
2: Oh my goodness At least I've heard of it <laughs> I had not I I
0: remember watching it as a kid and I've definitely watched it many times over the years I think I introduced it to my daughter earlier this year when we both had COVID And I just ran through the gambit of fantasy 80s movies for children
2: <laughs> Thank goodness it wasn't the final fantasy Because uh, I like that genre a lot eh, Zach
1: Ooh, yes. I love Final Fantasy. Some of it.
0: Do you have hype for Crisis
1: Core? A lot. Because i played a <laughs> I lot of to Crisis. Hard to... <laughs> played a lot of Crisis Core. Um, back when it was on PSP.
0: Yeah. I- I've played it once. I liked it.
1: Uh, yep. you, you know, it gets a little I... monotonous in there because it's like that mission-based, like, you got to run through the level and fight stuff. But
0: I was fine with that on a portable system, though. Like, I think the, yeah. the Birth by Sleep on Kingdom Hearts for PSP was also very similar structure-wise, where you just, like, mm-hmm. you'd go to a world, you'd have a few missions, you'd finish it, and then you'd go back to, like, the home world and have a cutscene, and then you'd get sent to the next one. Um, the
2: online component of Birth by Sleep is probably the most comparable to Crisis Core because it literally is a mission hub, and you just go out and kill stuff.
0: Oh, That's it. okay. I guess oh. I, I don't remember that piece of Crisis Core as much, but...
2: Marshall Neither and them played it a lot.
1: I just remember I created some sort of abomination of a hellball and that Mm -hmm. like literally carried me through the end.
2: Uh, I'm very excited to see what they do with the combat and the general story structure because I imagine it's going to have a pretty big impact on what they're doing with remake part 2 but we'll see I guess if it's traditional like straight up remake or what they add or what. Yeah I'm
1: curious if it's going to be straight remake or uh doctored different things for building into the the main storyline uh,
0: i imagine mm-hmm. if they're taking the same approach it would be to fit it to, to all the narratives closer together but i just think it's sort of funny they're like you know how fought fi- we remade part one of final fantasy 7 yeah you know how you loved it and it was great yeah you know how you're waiting a real long time and are excited about part two yeah well here's crisis core
2: also we were making the original on cell phone with different <laughs> graphics. <laughs> and it hasn't come out yet.
0: Any any word <laughs> any words yet on uh, on part 2? No.
2: At the time it was no. We have <laughs> yeah. since gotten trailers. <laughs> right, but it's just funny that
0: they're like announced God, this project and they're like this wasn't a piece anyone was
2: asking for. What what, what are you doing <laughs> spending these resources on this? I mean, the, the, I guess the general idea is we assume that Remake Part 2 is going to have Zack as a pretty big role, and so yeah, if they're he's... doing Zack, we need to be familiarized again with Zack, and it was only available on the PSP, so why not just, you know, put it on the Switch and the Xbox <clears throat> and the PC all at once? You know, why not?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like Crisis Core and like Advent Children will play a big tick into going into the Part 2 of the Remake. You know, like you were yeah, saying, getting to know Zach. I
2: Cerberus continues to be connected somehow. <laughs>
1: uh, I would hope so, because, I mean, eventually game. we're going to have to meet Vincent.
2: Right. Well, did you play the DLC for 7 yet, the remake? No, I
1: haven't. Uh, I was looking okay. at picking it up to do that, but I have not.
2: Check it out. It, it takes you, like, three hours to beat. Y- Yuffie's delightful, and it does, in fact, connect to Durge Cerberus. So have fun.
0: <laughs> you have to... I only have the PS4 version, so, so you have to oh, well, upgrade a bit it, well, it's on
2: PC now. Yeah, you have to pay an extra like fifteen bucks or something. I think
0: the last time Cause I because it's
2: bought, a DLC pack.
0: The last time I bought Square Enix DLC, I was
2: very let down. I mean, this is better than the Kingdom Hearts one, but it has less like hardcore content in it. But if you, it's a great deal on PS5, if you already owned it, because I think I paid fifteen dollars and I got the entire like the original game retouched touched up a little bit plus the Yuffie stuff and then there's like that mini game that you can play the Condor mini game which is like real time strategy that's kind of cool and there's a hard mode I think if you're into that
0: do you automatically get upgraded to the PS5 version with the PS4 version
2: I believe so oh, well. but you wouldn't well, get the Yuffie stuff it. I don't think I think you just get the base game
0: alright well I'll look into it later we don't have to dig into it now that's not what this sure. is about
2: sure right uh, let me touch on my last two things, and we'll end with your last one there, Joe, since yours is like, actually super cool and, and heartwarming. Well, Zach's uh, got
0: a third thing, too. Uh, mine's yeah, just so, I've been
1: geeking out about um, the Jenkins like Reddit story that's I, super long. What? <laughs> okay. So, Go on. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I ride back and forth to work for like an hour a day hour and a half some uh,
0: and normally. you read reddit while you drive
1: no i listen to a narrator narrate really cool reddit stories that people've written
2: okay oh, i've heard of this sure
1: uh yeah so the jenkins verse follows like just like this abductee being considered a death worlder so like a lot of your death worlder like things that you hear about like humans and aliens and like stories and like different stuff go around like Kind of fall back a lot into like the Jenkinsverse stuff, being like, you know, most aliens couldn't live on Earth because it's so inhospitable, but people came from it. But mm. um the Jenkinsverse just it, it dives into like so many storylines. I thought it was just gonna be following this guy and like he just now like came back into the story like fucking like ten thirty to hour long like narration like sets later.
2: Um, what is this most comparable to? Is this say X Files, Star Trek, um, no uh, SCP, <laughs> Halo? Okay, all like right.
1: less war. Like think of it more like Halo politics. Like oh yeah, there's all these different huh. races and they do all these different things. Like I uh,
0: I didn't even know Halo had politics. I thought it was hive bad shoot <laughs> bugs. I mean, everybody's like floods really bad. Just They're just gonna planets. kill us.
1: Everybody's in agreeance to that.
2: But no, oh, it's floods. got space. The whole of- covenant thing is based on like souped up Catholicism with a nuke.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jenkins' verse has the space illuminati. It's really it gets really really right. crazy and dicey because everybody talks. They make a bunch of jokes about it. They're like, all these people sound really crazy talking about this, this, this hierarchy. They're like, oh, a, he does an Australian guy, then does the accent for him. It's like, oh yeah, mate hmm. Smith, just like Space Illuminati. And they're like, hey, this guy's fucking crazy. I can't believe anything <laughs> huh? that you're saying. He's like, yeah, it's just like the Earth Illuminati, just for space. He's like, I don't know what to fucking <laughs> call it.
2: So, is this something you could like easily sur- search up on Spotify or something?
1: Um, I was playing it through like YouTube playlists. Just kicked it on and oh. threw it in my cup holder and just let it roll.
2: This is why I like having you as a, as a friend and that we do this show, because every now and again, you throw out something and I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, no, and like i usually I've, it's good.
1: <laughs> it's pretty, pretty compelling. I mean, the narrator's not got the best voice in the world. Sure. Like, it's he's no Morgan Freeman, but he's great. Like, he, he does well with, yeah. like, varying his characters enough that you can tell what's going on without having to, like, look at what the fuck's going on. Um, and it's Neato. the story is really compelling. Because I've never read it, so I mean there's way, way, way more to read. So he like I'm as far as I can watch and slash listen, but there's yeah. there's so much more that I'm just waiting for him to tell me so I can listen to it going to work.
2: Hmm. Speaking of worlds that are compelling, I started reading The Promised Neverland, which you've probably read. Oh my god. <laughs> Is okay, that the one so where the, the all children of the disturbing things away from their orphanage where their food? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So and now I'm confused because I, I read up to a point where a major character comes back and I won't say who, but it's pretty obvious based on context clues and such. It's and I was like, I, I was like, man, this this is a really well drawn story and there's some super cool, like thought out <gasps> stuff. It's not my favorite manga, but it's really good. And it's on the Shonen Jump app, which I pay two dollars a month for. So I'm like, why not? I'll read this in bed and. That's fine. That's how I end my nights. It's given me a nightmare or two. <laughs> I imagine at the, end of the day. It's, it's pretty cool. So I, just this morning I was like, well, okay, I've read up to this point in the manga. I'll fire up the anime and see what they did for season two. Cause that's how I got into this. I watched the first season of the anime and thought that was pretty good. It's probably a better comic. And it was. <laughs> and, but now I jumped into season two of the anime, which cuts out that whole bit that I just read in the manga and so now it's right up to the point that I was just talking about where that per- person comes back and I'm like what did they do in this anime? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's weird, man. Promised Neverland is a is a cool ass story, but guess what else is weird? Vampires and cowboys. It's dumb. <laughs> Evil West is stupid and it's fun and it's basically a God of War clone. Right down to where he punches chest to open it. It's hilarious, man. But it's also, like, takes itself really seriously. So it's got all these gruff cowboys that kind of talk like this. And then they say, uh, these vampires are ticks, man. Look at them. We're going to shoot them ticks. This <laughs> it's, sounds It It's stupid fun. It's, this sounds like you're describing Jonah vampires. Hex to me. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, said so
1: It sounds like you're describing Jonah Hex to me.
2: Yeah, it, so if you like <laughs> Jonah Hex wild wild west van helsing this is the game for you <laughs> it's stupid and i kind of love it review pending <laughs> it's really cool funny uh my last thing and
0: uh, i'm gonna quick throw the throw a bonus a quick bonus thing uh guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities really enjoying it so far
1: it is i watched the
2: first
0: disturbing episode. I've watched the first mm-hmm. couple of episodes. Had to stop watching the second episode because it's a little uh, gruesome. My wife was in the room and was done; couldn't <laughs> handle the rats. <laughs> okay, oh, three the
1: three rats was, was where we were time. having some trouble because we were like, "Ooh, body it's, horror!"
0: It's Ooh. yeah, it's it's intense. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. It's it, I'm in the mood for it. I wish it had come out during Spook Month. That would have been great. But uh, Funny no, the, that. <laughs> the the super big thing that happened since our last recording and yeah uh we talked about it on our last recording but had my annual charity stream this year was for extra life Mm -hmm. and we hit a thousand dollars there's still some time to donate (laughs) there's still some time to donate uh so if you feel compelled to add to that that That's certainly welcome. Look us up and we'll get you a link. Easy peasy. But uh, it was three days of streams, uh, 30 hours of streaming across those three days. All my buddies came and hung out. It was a grand old time. The final day was uh, a riot with us playing Feng Shui 2 for like six hours. Uh, And across the whole weekend, we really only had one major Tech hiccup, and I would say that's pretty good for thirty hours of content. Yeah, it's uh, not bad. And we were able to swing it and and get it going again. We just didn't have quite as much capability as we had when we started, but uh, you know, it was it was just super fun uh, writing this like this one shot about a town being invaded by carnivorous ducks.
2: Yep, <laughs> all the <laughs> la gremlins, critters. God, it was, it was funny.
0: It was a great great old time and you know Godzilla laser blasts and the whole works and
2: uh, it was one of my favorite one shots I'd seen like actively <laughs> like either been a part of or watched or anything granted I don't watch a lot of that stuff but it was really good man
0: and we we've got us we've got a pretty good setup for next year so we'll uh we'll we'll I want to definitely continue this and uh I think the 3 day format worked really well mm-hmm. um and uh I was only kind of exhausted at the end of it, not totally exhausted like I w- would be after the 24-hour streams. Right. But hitting $1000 was awesome. Um I got my shirt in the mail today that commemorates I think hitting $200. But mm-hmm. uh so I I've, I've got that swag, but Yeah, it was it was a, it was quite the experience and it seemed like everyone on board is ready to do it again next year. So I've got a great team of people to contribute towards this, and yes. figure this all out. So, and we helped. But, I helped. Yes, Zach, you helped. Zach
2: helped. I think a little bit. He was there.
0: He was present, mm-hmm. a couple of times maybe. You
1: watched. I, yeah, I sure. did. Did a lot of lurking because I was in and out with all the weird <laughs> shit going on. But I left it up so, so I could Joe, contribute. Viewership. I don't
2: know if you're aware of this, dude. But uh, you'll be getting a nice shiny medal in the mail. Yeah, I too. got a.
0: I got a. The, we'll. Uh, I guess the details get released in like January or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I get a I get a gold medal for hitting $1000 and I'm I haven't looked at it since like la, like mid of last middle of last week. Um but I was ranked 71 in the state of Minnesota.
2: That's great.
0: So, breaking the top 100 and uh our buddy Andrew who is like a extra life champion mm-hmm. uh, was uh, was pr- saying that he was pretty proud of me for hitting $1,000 in my first year. It was my first year doing extra life, to be completely clear. This is my first yeah. time doing charity stuff. So it's, I'm not coming into this like brand new, but it does feel good. I, I set a, a high goal for myself and hit it. The most I had raised before this was like $425. So Having it all come together in the way that it did was felt great. I'm very proud of the production quality that we were able to accomplish. The 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 people that helped me and contributed were all excellent. Um, you know the design work that Zach did for the graphics and stuff mm-hmm. is incredible, and he's like he wants to do it again next year. So I've got awesome. that already lined up. Different Zach the-
2: for clarity. Yes. Yeah, not me. Not. Uh, not. Not our one, not that one. Not host one. Zach, Joe's friend <laughs> Zach.
0: But enough about that. Let's get rolling into our topic for tonight, which is whoop, whoop. games of 2022 or our top picks. Not We're not going to pick like winners or anything, but we're going to talk Mm-mm. what stood out to us, both good and bad. And just sort of talk about, you know, the greatest of all year. Or as I like to fondly say, goy. <laughs>
2: We'll probably have an extended list, too, for uh, just general accolades and stuff you should play on the website. So about when this comes out, look for that. And uh, do we want to start with the big one or end with the big one, to me, I, personally? I
0: guess I, I don't really know. Um, I guess just a an overview or reminder of 2022 is, looks yeah. like you added a note here. We reviewed 41
2: games. Maybe more because that I was only counting what has been shared on OpenCritic. So we've probably done, give or take fifty reviews, if you count hardware and some other outliers that you just can't show on OpenCritic based on how it's like structured. Yeah. But no, we we had a phenomenal year as far as reviews are concerned, and yeah. a great year as far as website traffic as well.
0: And a, a quick snapshot sh- snapshot of the year is, uh, and these are in no particular order, but. You know, Elden Ring, Shredder's Revenge, Horizon Forbidden West, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Triangle Strategy, Pokemon Violet Scarlet, Stray, Splatoon 3, Dying Light 2, Cult of the Lamb, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, God of War Ragnarok, Tunic, Bayonetta 3, and there's like so many more that I didn't even mention. Mm -hmm. And that's just a quick snapshot to remind you of what some games uh, had like, made. if you forgot they came out this year. Because when you start thinking about it, there is like people sort of accuse the Game Awards of having a recency bias. Um, Games that came out early in the year have a harder chance getting in because people forgot they played them this year sort of thing. But um, what would you guys say are some of the biggest highlights of this year for you? Whether it's like a game or a moment in a game or what, you know, whatever it may be.
2: I mean, I absolutely loved pouring through and exploring the world of Elden Ring. That is, I, there's like categories you can break down gamers, and this is something that game devs talk about a lot. One of them, I think, is Expl- Explorer. That's me, man. Like, I absolutely love going through a fantasy world and seeing, like, the, the first time I was wandering the, the windswept plains of the Elden Ring world and hearing, like, a monastic song and being like, what the hell is that? And then come to find out it's this gross, like, bat thing and his buddies? That was <laughs> incredible. I love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, and so weird. Elden Ring just really hit that for me, man. I was super into it.
0: I would agree with that. Exploring Elden Ring, uh, I haven't explored it anymore since uh, no, I played I it those, either, first, enough. those first couple of weeks where I think I put 20, 25 hours in. I haven't t- touched it then because I'm like, I don't got time for this. Mm-hmm. Uh And I want to visit it again at some point, so I might borrow your copy next year at some point. But, you know, that you're sort of testing the world. You're poking different places, seeing where you can go, seeing what you're ready for, or what excites you the most. Mm -hmm. And when you, how triumphant you feel, overcoming certain obstacles or finding, you know, maybe a clever way of getting past something. But for me what stood out uh, and and this moment was stood out twice the exact same moment me experiencing it and then watching you experience it after i had discovered it and that's when you first sort of go into that one valley in the swamp land and you sort like i was like oh Oh, what's over here That's a great moment there's like this camp over here of people i guess i'll go see and if they attack me i'll kill them Mm
2: -hmm. and then
0: all of a sudden there's a big ass fireball and a dragon just lands and suddenly you're in this like massive dragon fight and in this like sort of flattish land of swamp and so there's not really any place to hide or like get away and uh, it was just so exciting and thrilling Mm -hmm. because it was so open, the world and to have these moments trigger inside of this huge open space you, you've we've had similar things happen in other from software games but it was really confined and you could sort of maybe see it coming i this totally caught me off guard completely the first time and yep. I was like I think the next time you played I was like dude you gotta just go west from here or east from here and head down into that spot uh i I found something really cool down there and I'm like, and you're- cool sword, fun treasure, do-do-do-do-do, and ah, dragon. dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, Man, that yeah, that moment was a highlight for me.
2: Man, uh, Elden Ring, I'm telling you, is such a cool game. I really hope that there's, like, either a huge update patch or, like, a DLC, something. Like, I just want more of whatever the hell secret sauce is in Elden Ring.
0: Yeah, it was, it was tasty. Um, mm-hmm. Zach, did you get much chance with Elden Ring? I know you have it.
1: But it seemed like you were having some issues running it. Um, so I played... I, I couldn't like stream it well. Um, I would could do it from the PlayStation via like Remote Play, but it was like not great quality. But um, I could play it. Just I didn't really have enough time to just sit down and play a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. What I did play, like I found things that I was like getting from like enemy drops, and was just kind of like grinding them in a circuit to get the things rather than buy them. Um, mm-hmm. fought a bunch of the invaders.
2: Hmm. Not players. That's something I didn't mess around with at all. Was the like PvP side?
1: I didn't do the PvP. Just like the story invaders.
0: Oh,
2: yeah. There, there you, are like, some run around and assassinate other kind of player characters. No, not yeah, even that. Were...
1: I didn't do that either. I'm just oh. talking about like, uh, when you go to like the Smoldering Church and the the crazy nun. Out. Yeah,
2: there are certain
0: fights triggered yep. that are mm-hmm. exactly the same as when you're invaded, but they're like built into the NPCs, game experience. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: That's how you get the the really good blood katana is by killing that nun in that church or whatever. Is it? Nah, it's a sick katana. It's the one that goes shoo 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 that you can beat the entire game with if you do a dex build. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I don't even know what build I was building to be
2: honest. I started I with whatever the... one. In my review, I specifically titled it Winning at All Costs or something. Like, I didn't care how. I didn't care what method, how I cheesed it. I was going to win. I used the laser sword, the sword of night and flame or whatever. And you (laughs) summoned allies. And when it was patched to made weaker, I found the next thing that was broken, (laughs) which was the blood sword.
0: So... For me, the next thing highlights, and this is something I was lo- I've been looking forward to since the end of 2018's God of War. Mm-hmm. God of War Ragnarok, it's here, oh. and what I've played so far, it's absolutely incredible. It delivers Stunning. on all cylinders. Uh, I can see why it's not necessarily for everyone because there's it's not really like an exploration game. It's it's fairly linear, but the story that's there mm-hmm. is worth experiencing the combat i love it it takes a little bit of getting back into it because it is heavier than other games i've played recently which are a little bit quicker mm-hmm. and snappier but it sort of also makes sense i have to i have to relearn how kratos fights and he fights heavy he's he's a tank it's almost
2: like a fighting game in, in some aspects because there's a lot of, like, juggling that you can do. There's stuns that you can perform on enemies. There's ways you can interrupt certain attacks and dodge certain things. So, on one hand, it feels almost Dark Soulsy, but on the other hand, it feels almost like a fighting game.
0: Yeah. Zach, what are... Do you That's have good. a highlight
1: to add? I feel like I didn't get to, like, sit down and play, like, a lot of games this year. Um... The highlight I was really, I was actually really excited for was um, Tactics Ogre Reborn. Yeah. Oh yes, okay. I've
0: I've picked up a copy. I've not, I've I've basically fired it up just to look at it on, and it looks amazing on the Switch OLED. My, People have
2: told me it's good. That's all I got. My friend
1: Austin introduced me to Ogre Battle '64 while we were uh, acting together, and it was mm-hmm. phenomenal. So from what I understand, the Tactics Soga Reborn doesn't redo that storyline. It takes more storylines into the game. But that storyline was, like, really, really cool.
2: Um, Basically, from what I've gathered, is if you like Final Fantasy Tactics, which I think the same director originally moved on to FFT, then this is the game for you until they inevitably remaster Tactics.
0: Yeah, Yeah. well, people people have said that... um, A lot of people consider Tactics Ogre to actually be the better game, and that being Mm -hmm. shoehorned into Final Fantasy rules held back the potential of the genre. But so many more people have played Final Fantasy Tactics, and so that's usually lauded as like a higher recommended game. But people who are really into tactics game almost always tell you get get the Tactics Ogre game. Like Final Fantasy Tactics is good, but if you are really wanting to see what it can do as a genre, that's where it's at. So I am excited to I am excited to check it out, especially with how many tactics games
2: I've played this year. <laughs> do you think we're gonna get an FFT sequel sometime soon, or a new tactics ogre? Like, if if Square Enix got together and made another one like this, which do you think is the more likely?
0: I think if I think if Octopath Traveler 2 does well that will be a moment for that team mm-hmm. to pick a project like they won't like I think right now this team that's doing the 2D or HD 2D releases are sort of being given projects to make and being told what to make at least that's the feeling I get
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if they if they do well enough where they're like hey you know pick a pick a game they might pick Final Fantasy Tactics, but I, I, other than that, we might get a re-release or an update to War of the Lions, the PSP remake oh, wow. of Tactics. That's that's my guess, but yeah. uh, I could be totally wrong. Yeah,
1: I mean, my, my assumption would be if they were going to remaster, or redo, make a new Tactics of any kind, they'd lean into Final Fantasy again, with all the big Final Fantasy hype. I'd think it would right, just come yeah. from that place to kind of continue that like uh, whirlpool of market
0: it's just interesting to me that they've done uh, triangle strategy tactics ogre remake and uh, they haven't done final fantasy tactics they've done other tactics games triangle strategy I would
2: kind of fits into that
0: yeah and they've got these they've they've kind of got these like strange products that are coming out but i'm also excited about them because i've never Mm -hmm. played them and this gives me easy accessibility to those projects that i didn't have before and i've already played final fantasy tactics and and as much as i would love to see a remake and i might pick up a copy i think at this point i am more excited to try out these rarer experiences that haven't been Mm -hmm. in my available to me before
2: I think regardless that the the general marketplace for rpgs and just a, like the different specific genres gaming can get into like i can name games that i know specific people like if they say a particular game is their favorite so if they're like my favorite game is quake i immediately have like three games that are very specific that not everybody knows about that they probably like so i i just really appreciate like how niche and minute a lot of games are right now and they're exploring like what was established by classics or what people really liked and taking that a, a little further
0: yo alex i love i love quake it's like my favorite game of all time alex slowly hands me a copy of check's quest <laughs> no i would
2: <laughs> hand you dusk which i think is a, a big deal in 2022 as well as we've seen some very good uh switch ports there was Uh, Near Automata which I didn't play or or Automata or whatever Um, that one was surprisingly very good and then Dusk was like exceptionally good on the Switch (laughs) and it goes to show like how much you can push these consoles if you put the resources into it right and if you
0: understand like sort of I think depends on the game too and what you're trying to accomplish with it but yes absolutely you can still get a lot out of this hardware and Hopefully, Nintendo has a solution and a strategy for carrying these products forward. Mm-hmm. Because whatever console comes next, if it doesn't play my Switch library, it immediately becomes less appealing to me.
2: I think building off that, that handhelds are going to be a bigger deal because of the yep. success of the Switch and, by extension, the Steam Deck and all these other third-party devices. Yeah, for sure. Like I think whatever happens next for Nintendo will absolutely be something similar. Like it'll be a handheld that you connect to your TV. There's no way yeah. it wouldn't be.
1: Yeah, I would almost uh, and, put into saying like, uh, Sony or Xbox would be in the market to try it
2: again.
0: Oh my I gosh! Think if the, Sony did within another within the next
2: five years, we're gonna get I, one from one of them.
0: I've always loved handheld gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always thought that Sony's handhelds were really uh, awesome pieces of tech. They just their focus clearly wasn't on them and so they didn't get mm-hmm. the support that i think really could have driven them forward like i found out the other day that i think the psp outsold the
2: 3ds mm, probably the psp was exceptionally popular but it, it of was monster hunter well then it well, sold it also forever just, yeah they mm-hmm. sold
0: it for a long time but like True. think about you think about how many units the 3ds did sell it it was a solid console because
1: there were a couple pokemon Mm -hmm. games on it too so
0: yeah but you get you know and then you think about the vita and just how ahead of its time it really was because you look at the switch oled now and it's basically a souped up vita in a lot of ways but (laughs) um yeah, I would be excited to see Sony re-enter the the handheld games market.
2: Uh, we'll, but we'll
0: see what they decide to prioritize.
2: Any other I mean, highlights? The next for... thing from them is going to be VR. PSVR two is the next thing as far as like outside of play- PlayStation Five.
0: Yeah, but unless I can take that VR on the bus, it's
2: <laughs> not uh, <laughs> portable, I don't want it.
0: portable. VR. That's where
2: I love to play my Meta Quest two is on the <laughs> bus. What are you doing over there? Not riding the bus. Fishing. (laughs) Doing whatever I
0: want. Get out of here. Um, Any other highlights for you guys?
2: Uh, Monster Hunter continues to be good. Uh, It's just got one major thing holding it back overall. And I kind of had this complaint because they just announced that they're putting Rise on PlayStation and Xbox. Which, great. Monster Hunter Uh, should be in more places. The issue is it's not cross-progressive and it's not cross-play.
0: I I think I've said this before if Persona 5 had cross save, I mm. I bought the switch version but I I almost bought the PS5 version because I kind of wanted the 4k like graphics <coughs> but I ended up going switch be, for various like preferences but if I could cross save, -hmm. To a PS5 version, so when I wanted to, I could sit down. I would, I would probably buy the game a second time,
2: right? And I would absolutely buy the PS5 version of Monster Hunter Rise if I didn't have to start over. Yeah, that's that's the only reason I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just not. That sucks. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Monster Hunter World on PC absolutely a better experience than PS4, but I think I only put in another like maybe 90 hours into the PC version and never nearly didn't get nearly as far. Because I I just didn't Mm -hmm. feel like the grind to get to where I was in my 300-hour save on PS4.
2: No, Um, I only want to grind once. I like that that gameplay, and I like the the steady progression with friends and stuff, but I ain't doing it a second time, man. For sure. Yeah, no way. What
0: about some letdowns of this year?
2: I mean, Pokemon could have performed better at launch. That's probably the most immediate (laughs) one, right?
0: Yeah. It, like they it sh-
2: is... they absolutely should have been delayed. In my I would mind. agree with like that. There's, there's no questions asked. It should have been delayed. It needed to the, bake in the oven for longer. They knew that the rest of the world, no care, Big Dumb Dumb will buy Pokemon anyways. And, I mean, me and Joe bought it, so <laughs> I can't complain too much about it. Well so no, I think that's the biggest disappointment I think. I think, think is the is struggle Pokemon
0: has in delaying a game is the fact most studios don't have to deal with the fact that their product isn't a, a giant multimedia franchise. That's if true Pokemon too. if Pokemon delays their game, then they have to decide do we delay literally all of the other content we have lined up for this generation all the do we pluses, delay
2: all the anime everything
0: everything and then that's a massive revenue loss which probably results in people losing their jobs I, think I bet that
2: was a really big part of it, because they also partnered with, like, Ed Sheeran this time around, so they had a music video they wanted to push That's out. so weird. It had nothing to mm-hmm. do with
0: Pokemon either. It was just an Ed Sheeran song with Pokemon. <laughs> sort of like the uh, Katy Perry thing, too. It was uh, just sort yeah. of like, oh, she sort of mentions lightning, I think, in the song. But
2: funny connection about that Monster Hunter World thing we were talking about. Uh, I put in 6.7 hours on the PC version of Monster Hunter World, and y'all know I put, like, 350 into the PS4 version. <laughs> Yeah, I still put in a lot of time in the PC version, mostly because I I had some
0: friends that had just picked it up and I was playing with them. Right. I played with you guys. Yeah. Dominantly. So, I think the letdown of Pokemon Scarlet Violet, like, if they had delayed everything and then, like, people lost their jobs and stuff, they would have gotten fire for that, too. But if they got it to a place where some decent patches in the future can stabilize it and make it perform better... In the end, I think I'm okay. I hope moving forward, lesson learned, Mm -hmm. and they give themselves more time, because I understand not being able to delay it because it's tied into... Like, that's your base product that's tied into all of your other revenue streams. Your your Pokemon... Like, there's a competitive Mm -hmm. Pokemon trading card scene. Do you delay that Right. because you delayed your video game? Do you delay the anime because you delayed your video game? Do you, like...
2: That's, I think overall, we are seeing probably the biggest mismanagement of a game, like a triple A, quote unquote triple A game project, we have ever seen, aside from maybe Cyberpunk.
0: Yeah, but yeah. you know, a year a year later, Cyberpunk kind of dope, and it works. So that might be
2: another big surprise for me from twenty twenty two is Cyberpunk <laughs> Edge Runners, the anime by Studio Trigger, which is a studio that i absolutely adore uh that was great and it actually compelled me enough to play cyberpunk for at least an hour <laughs> and now that i have a four sc- 4k screen i fired it up of course because i was like "Ooh, what's the ray tracing neon lights kind of look at and i looked at it and go wow that's really pretty another maybe i'll su- play that before the end of the year who knows
0: cd project dread sort of surprising people if you own witcher 3 you just get a next gen update
2: mm-hmm. and they're yeah, going to introduce out, like, like soon.
0: Like next week, I think. But it's you're getting like ray tracing and more like some gameplay features, some more content that sort of ties into the TV series a little bit. Like it's kind of a big update, and they're just like, if you own the game, here it is.
2: Mm -hmm. I really hope that they're not grinding their employees into the dust anymore. And and that's what I'm excited to see about for Pokemon. Is mm -hmm. I I want to to know the story behind how this happened. Like whatever it was. Like I want the Shrier article or. You know, whoever, whatever reporter is going to put this out, like I want that deep dive into what happened. Will we get it within a year or two? Even probably not, but somebody's going to tell eventually. And when they do, somebody's going to be there. Yes. So before we get into my letdown, because it it
0: might be the strongest emotion of the night. uh, Let's, Zach. Why don't you talk about uh, your letdown of twenty twenty two? Um,
1: I'd say. Like not necessarily a game released in twenty twenty two. Uh for the first one would be just like watching the mess that Halo Infinite's been as a service mm-hmm. game has been like kind of a train wreck, especially for how
2: good oh, they've yeah. been previously. Uh well, it's kind of a that's a really depressing project. Yeah.
0: Wasn't did Co op ever come out?
1: I have no idea I stopped paying attention. There's only so much of a train wreck I can watch.
0: So after all of those delays, they just still dropped the ball
2: so hard. The biggest issue, we kept running into it, because we were trying to run those events at Black Ice when I was there, is the LAN would just die. The the (laughs) LAN, the the person-to-person connection that Halo has been known for since the original Xbox did not work in halo infinite it would just crash the entire match consistently (laughs) and this was like six months after the thing had come out and so we were like we we're just gonna go play the master chief collection and ultimately that entire competitive scene just kind of like fizzled out i don't know what the state of it is anymore i don't pay attention to it anymore
1: uh it's still not good that's
0: a big blow for microsoft I mean
1: for sure. there's that and then the other train wreck of watching what we all knew Diablo Immortal was gonna be just microtransaction hell.
0: But is it a train wreck? They made a lot of money off of it. And yeah, I gotta say, in terms cost? of in, in terms of gameplay, yeah. the little I played of it, it it's actually kind of fun to play on a phone. It's like the yeah. perfect gameplay for a phone game. But yeah, Casually, micro-
2: I think I had like a slight smile when I blew up some dudes but that I'm so over Blizzard stuff man I was never super into it and the fact that it's like all shilling and Overwatch 2 is a goddamn mess anybody who's into that series is like really bummed out right now because they just completely removed the first game and then made a, a worse experience that was very similar that's yeah. what they did they did the same thing for war of warcraft remastered blizzard is not your friend they are not consumer friendly they are milking the systems to make money
0: yeah yep. and so it's sort of i think this is sort of the the it's exciting when a comp like a video game studio gets big right and like get, gets massive to the point that public investment becomes an option for them because now they've got guaranteed money coming in that allows them to make their projects bigger and better than before but now because their investors bottom line is more important is the now the more important aspect of their business hmm they have to they're sort of forced into these situations where they they replace the CEO who has a more business mindset instead of a game developer mindset they they do all make all these decisions that impact money mm-hmm And then games, sort of secondary, and they see these live service games, and they're like oozing with money, especially in the Chinese market. And And that's that's a
2: whole other 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 market. Gamers collectively, globally, will spend money on the dumbest things. And so when you're looking at the hard numbers, and you're like, the whatever. um, Everybody playing the gacha games. Yeah, any gotcha game in existence is making money hand over fist every time they put out a new character. So when you look at something, even like something fairly creative like Genshin Impact, you think, sick, anything I put on a phone is going to make millions, possibly billions, with not a lot of effort. Like, it's a really hard thing to avoid if you're even at like, even at a company that's, like I've worked with companies that are far smaller who are like, we have to make a mobile game Because then that might help us fund what we want to do or it'll help us pay for like a good living. And, you know, if we have to make a a whatever, like it's just part of the thing. Like, unfortunately, the market will buy it. So until the market stops buying it, what do you do? Right. Which is why we're such a big supporters of Indies because, you know, they're creative for the medium and all sorts of reasons.
0: Which is surprising that in this current market you have something like Marvel Snap, which I'm hearing is like a that. really fun, like, uh, card game, the digital mm-hmm. card game, but the content of the game is completely free to play. All the, you spend money on alternate art for your character cards or, oh, like,
1: So, purely cosmetic. Little
0: modification. It's almost nearly, and it's a Marvel product. It's like Disney-owned so Marvel product. It's not buying packs of cards. You unlock cards and characters as you play the why? game. And, and and it's just, it's the same for everybody. Everyone's on the same playing field, and it's through mm-hmm. that playing field that you build your deck and play against other people. And matches are like five minutes long. I've heard some really positive yeah. things about this game. I've not played it myself, but mm-hmm. it, it's really counter and almost rebellious.
1: That's weirdly To have
0: good. a game with this... With this business model and it's being successful. People are spending a lot like, oh. Of our
2: peers are playing and like hyping it. And like you say, it's it's got a lot of downloads. I'm yep. sure.
0: I'll throw, you know, yeah, you know, I, I've played this game for 20 hours. I'll give it five bucks and pick a couple of, you know, I love Iron Man and I, I'll pick this alternate skin of the card or whatever, or alternate card art for sure. my favorite character or whatever. Five bucks here, five bucks there. And I'm sure there's people that are just like, trying to buy it all and becoming whales or whatever but you know but i as a player don't have to spend the the same amount of money as that player to be competitive in the scene and that told if if like there was a
2: base level you can get any card that you want in hearthstone i think hearthstone is one of the most compelling like moment to moment mechanics games and card games that i've seen in a very long time
0: the problem is is the overall like support and the, like the ownership or the access to digital cards i think sort of the, i think hearthstone's been struggling mm-hmm. in recent years because unlike magic where yeah these cards aren't playable anymore but i still have these cards and if magic the gathering them. if magic the gathering died tomorrow i would still own the cards if, exactly if blizzard stopped supporting hearthstone tomorrow you would lose everything. You would yep. no longer have anything to own or like have access to. And I, I, if I remember correctly, the guy who, who developed Marvel snap came from the Hearthstone team.
2: Oh, the, the, so he has a background. on the app store is new verse, which is out of Hong Kong. So it was, it was outsourced for sure.
0: Okay. But whoever, like, the guy who designed, the, like, the game mechanic of sure, how yeah. these cards work, because a lot of that will be done by, like, one guy, and then they'll, like, the game mechanics and the assets and stuff will be developed somewhere else. If, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he came from Hearthstone, so he has a background in digital card games already, and his, his observations there of what, what players wanted out of a game, and he found a studio and an mm-hmm. IP that would let him do it. And it's
2: it's doing really really well, but I hope that we see more of that like anti mobile game stuff get successful because I think for one the economy is on a downward trend generally so like people don't want to spend fifteen dollars for a Fortnite skin. Well, also they will.
0: Well, Fortnite's like I would I would argue Fortnite's better than most mobile games. At least in Fortnite mm-hmm. I'm buying a thing and I know what I'm getting. In most mobile games right. it's like buy this currency and then buy this loot thing and you might get something good. Like my own daughter has been like can we can I use some of my money to buy things in this in this game that she's been playing on the tablet and I was like absolutely not. Mm-mm. You don't you don't fully like the fact that you want to sort of scares me. Mm-hmm. Because the, it means whatever they're doing is working on you, and I hate that. Yeah. Also, Which is... I I spent fifty dollars, sixty dollars on Pokemon the other day. Play that, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but <God> damn it, <laughs> uh, I, I have a whole. We can do a whole episode about being a parent in gaming at some point if you guys want, but I won't get into it now. But my biggest gaming letdown of mm-hmm. 2022, and I, I'm I'm gonna fucking Digimon survive. I could not, I have not, like, I have not traded in a game in years. Even games Mm -hmm. I didn't particularly like, I just hang on to them. Just because. I fucking traded in this game, guys. I couldn't do it anymore. 25 hours in, I was miserable. I hated everything about this game. The tactics was okay, but very shallow. But the writing was... uh, (laughs)
2: <laughs> this is a visual novel game with a side piece of tactics, and the writing was so bad... It was not good. ...that Joe took it back. <laughs> Joe has played Star Ocean, uh, <laughs> plenty of other classic RPGs with questionable scripts.
0: Right, and it was just... There was... There was a lot of interesting things they could have done, but apparently the game has had like a really messy development cycle and like Mm -hmm. westernization, uh, like localization releasing was difficult on it, I guess. But there's just. I don't know. I thought maybe I could get into it because after enjoying things like Fire Emblem Three Houses and Hades, which had visual novel components, I'm like, oh, maybe maybe I'm underestimating visual novels and mm-hmm. maybe i maybe i still am cuz digimon was definitely more visual novel but i there wasn't a single character i liked and and and, and actually I, i'll correct that mm, i liked the i liked the digimon yeah they're fun all the human characters sucked so much <laughs> they were all so mean and dumb like like, and if, if you don't want spoilers for Digimon Survive, skip forward like five minutes. Because I, the most irritating part of this whole game came at about the 23 hour mark. And after that, I just didn't care. There's a point in the game where the, the human companion to Lapmon, which is an adorable rabbit Digimon. I love him. He's great. He's so concerned about his human and he just wants to do his best. His human has been ripping into him and telling him he's weak and stupid and useless this whole time. Just starts beating the crap out of Lopmon. And that's bad enough. So, like, he shouldn't be doing that. And he's like, oh, I, this will make you tougher. Well, Lopmon turns into a monster and eats this kid. Best part mm-hmm. of the game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Finally. But, like,
0: just screw that guy. Just the worst.
2: Devoured. Yeah, but okay. the sad part is, Whatever. is
0: we lose <laughs> Lopmon. Lopmon's not in the He he dies too because without the human companion, he dies. And that's sort of the right. big thing about Survive. It's it's sort of like Digimon Horror. Ooh, things actually die, and that's really the only interesting thing this game does. Mm-hmm. Not long after, within an hour of gameplay, they're like. I can't believe Lopmon would do that. They're, like, blaming Lopmon. They're, like, and they're, like, mad at all the, like, like, there's this whole arc where they're, like, mad at each other. Or, like, the humans are mad at the Digimon. Like, are you going to betray us and eat us, too? And, like, all this stuff. And I'm, like, literally not one of you is, like, well, maybe, maybe let's not beat the shit out of our Digimon.
2: Or maybe maybe that guy deserved to be eaten by the angry rabbit.
0: Not one person was like, well, maybe he shouldn't have beat him up. They were all like felt justified in thinking their Digimon was going to eat them. And I'm like, well, none of you
2: are actively beating the crap out of them. So I think you're safe. Which is wild because Digimon, I mean, granted, these are different writers and stuff, but the franchise has handled moral quandary really well for, like, a young adult show for, like, that's aimed at, like, you know, 12 to 16 year olds. And so it's weird that, like, this game positions itself to have interesting moral moments with these, like, you know, franchise characters. And, and then it, just chooses not to.
0: <laughs> anyone who tells me that, oh, you just got to get through it to get to the good stuff, 25 hours, too long.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. I gave it the best shot I could. I really, really did. really
2: tried. I watched.
0: It, like, I was just like, eh, it's like, in the beginning it's weak, but I'm like, well, maybe I'll get to some more interesting stuff. And then a, an interesting thing sort of happened. But after that point, I played for a bit longer, like another three hours. I think I might have even hit 30 hours in this game. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't care anymore. I was like, I'm not wasting my... T- I like gaming. Even, like, I like video games. And this made me not... In- this was not an enjoyable experience. Biggest letdown. Because I picked this over Xenoblade Chronicles 3.
2: I've never seen Joe more upset about a game, <laughs> Honestly like, like even something with things would, that are just bad and do not function. Like at a design level, Joe hated this game. <laughs> it's just it's, It sucks because like, I love Digimon. I, I wanted this to be really good. I heard a couple. I was excited about it was interesting. And it I was excited wasn't.
0: to go into it because I've never, I wasn't big Digimon fan, but yeah. Alex was around and uh, I thought, you know, Oh, this will be fun to have his expertise and in insight of Digimon history. And it, while I play this and There was like, there's choices apparently matter in this game at some point, but I could never figure out what they meant. Right. (laughs) Like, it would be like, here's your three options, and I would pick one, and then they would... I would be wrong, and I'm like...
2: This isn't, even at the base level, nothing like an Until Dawn, nothing like even most visual novels, where at least they try to give you some sort of choice. Like, this is my problem with visual novels, is they'll get to a point and they'll be like, oh, here's a decision. Pokemon does this, too, a lot. Uh, But that decision does not matter. You have to pick the first one, or it railroads you into a specific idea. So, I don't know, man. It's just...
0: I don't know. I I could never find a pattern of like interacting with the other characters that would allow me to, because it it did impact like your relationship with those characters and whatnot, but it never, it never felt consistent or logical. And like, it never really clued me into what long-term impact these choices make, because in the end, I think that it does lead to multiple endings and different possibilities, but not in the first 30 hours of the game. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think I hit a point where it's like, now all the choices you've made to this point will start making a difference or whatever, or like you'll start seeing how the choices you've made have changed. And I'm like, they should have started making a a difference way long time ago.
2: Like rather they should have like in a perfect world, that section where where he eats the kid should have been within the first two hours. Maybe well, less. Yeah,
0: I should have been able to save Lotmon.
2: Right, but it, like, or eventually come, or the game's like, man, maybe there's a way to change the past and gives you that like, oh, and, now and you and maybe you do rescue whatever. them
0: later, or they come back. I don't know, but I'm done talking about Digimon Survive. Let's <laughs> let's <laughs> go done. back to positive stuff. Yeah, what are it's some it's of it. your surprises of 2022? Zach, hit us with it.
2: The biggin
1: yeah i went on for too long don't. Zach, talk <laughs> i i don't know what really surprised me this year to be honest uh mm-hmm. other than like all the weird weird stuff just happening
2: i mean you had a pretty like lax gaming year i would say compared to yeah my even me or something yeah my my
1: year's been uh unfortunately tied up with day job work so i've had lots of lots of day job work kind of
2: taking over everything
0: Um, well you know the solution to that quit
2: (laughs) well here's the thing is we we probably should stress this and maybe earlier in the episode you don't have to play things within the year they come out on if you if you're like hanging out and you're listening to this like a year down the road or whatever and you're like man that sounds cool whatever play games whenever you want to there's we as journalists and people who have to kind of like keep up with things we get caught in this like chasing the dragon thing we're always looking forward rather than laterally which is why forever classic games is named what it is because we want to look at games laterally so if like a game that came out four years ago either got a new patch or we discover it or what have you we can go back and make that criticism and make those recommendations to our readers and such and so i i just want to stress like don't lock yourself into oh it's 2022 i need to play all the 2022 games play what you want i
1: guess i yeah. guess i can say the the big surprise for me that kind of actually caught me as a surprise and i was very happy with was just very recent and it was with okay. the okay. end of the destiny season for season of the plunder because the the last week they always have like an event and when the event's done you get like they're like hand-drawn cutscenes where they narrate over it and they do all the pictures look really cool by the way if you've never seen one um they're really fun sure. to look at um they're drawn well um do you all know much of the story about some of the characters in destiny
2: mm, i follow paul Tassi on twitter and i know he's complaining about something right now but i couldn't tell you what everybody was talking about some gun like a week ago that shoots like constellations and everybody was trying to figure out what that oh, was Oh, Telesto's a like whole fucking different destiny. thing to it's, like its own beast 12, 12 <laughs> miles away from the destiny community like i follow all the cms and i follow most of the reporters so i like see things out of context and that's fun for me um
1: because i mean this season we're going back into like a whole bunch of different stuff and that starts tomorrow we're, i'm not worried about it i'll read it when it gets there but the end of the season's sure. been, like, since the Witch Queen expansion came out, like, the big expansion that's going on right now has been um, that she, like, kidnaps Osiris, and basically he, they got him back, and he's been in a coma. They rescued the, the expansion before somewhere in there. It's been a while. They created, like, a time paradox and saved Saint-14, who is Osiris's lover, but they never stress it very explicitly. And in this final cut scene for mm. season of the plunder, they manage to wake Osiris up, which is like leading into the next expansion, Lightfall. But it expressly like is hand drawn of him waking up and being like Saint or Saint being there with Osiris, Osiris waking up and being like Saint my love, and then kissing.
2: Oh, that's kind of well.
1: I mean, it's also cool because Saints in EXO, so he's like an android human. So he's the machine person, and Osiris is a human human. But um, they just flat out put like LGBTQ all stuff like right up in the forefront, like on like not even like a side project, like was literally like part of the cutscene, hand drawn, like boom.
2: I was like, that was a surprise for me. People working at Bungie who are like really pushing for good business practices taking care of their people, making sure things are diverse and inclusive. So they've, shout well, out they, to anybody they've been dancing involved around it for a
1: really long time because they were written that way from mm. the jump, like from off the jump, they were written right. like that, but they just danced around ever putting it in it. like super mm. in your face explicitly. Mm. So I was very surprised to see that. I was like, wow, I was like, that's fucking cool. I was like, that's very cute. Yeah. Someone very I, very cool that you did that. Someone
0: I know got a, a job with Bungie and moved yeah. to Washington And then when Minnesota got approved for work from home state, they just moved back after like (laughs) it's cheaper. (laughs) Yeah, they were just like, I'm just going to move back home where all my friends and family are and Mm -hmm. uh, work there. And if I guess if something changes, I'll go back maybe. But I don't really have a reason to until that happens.
2: That's why I like the job that I have is we are we're all remote work. Uh there might be an office somewhere. I haven't seen it. <laughs> There's a broom closet with your, uh, your name
1: on it and a mailbox.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's basically our PO box. <laughs>
1: it really is.
0: My yeah. <laughs> My surprise of 2022 is live alive. Yeah. Exists. That's crazy just in general. Like it was, it had never like it wasn't even really on a lot of people's radar. It wasn't like a Mm-mm. hugely in demand game like Mother Three or something.
2: But it was they, like the whispered hidden gem that Super Nintendo nerds yeah, like, like pull it out every now and again.
0: Like the someone who like in the nineties learned Japanese so that they could play Japanese RPGs, like would know about this game. Yep. I had never even heard of it. But they, I had neither, and I'm they, usually pretty good about that. I've heard of a few, like, but they were always connected to things like, you know, Trials of Mana had never been released. The third mm-hmm. game in the Mana series had never been released here, but I knew about it because I was interested in the Mana game. So I'd heard, oh, this mm-hmm. one's really, really good. There's a fan translation if you really want to check it out. Or like oh, Mother- I know
2: most of the weird Fire Emblem history.
0: Yeah, like I love Earthbound, so I know about Mother Three. I've watched playthroughs of it, and it's you know in the of the English patch, you know, I'm aware of these games. These games have been in high demand. We've gotten Trials of Mana, we have not gotten Mother Three, but we've got this little like project from Square Enix, Live Alive, as an mm-hmm. HD 2D remake. I haven't played it yet. But I own it. Justin did. I'm excited to play it, uh, and it exists. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this era of kind of giving like new life into games to give them a second chance for or a, a first chance
2: mm-hmm.
0: for if if you didn't have access to it in you know the
2: night the 90s. We're in a really cool spot for remake culture and collecting retro titles. This is one that we missed too because it came out within the last couple of weeks, but the Atari uh, remaster or collection or museum or whatever it's called came out recently, and a lot of people are saying, this is how we should do retro collections from now on. It's that impressive. I've heard what it's they
0: incredible. Do. Uh, mm-hmm. I, the Get Played podcast just did an episode about it that launched today and they did a deep dive into like what makes it so special as a collection it's not just pick game from menu it's mm-hmm. like you can pl- literally play through the history of atari it's 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 really really cool and it includes like lots of like old and new interviews with developers mm-hmm. uh it they've like business cards developer notes instruction manuals like super high definition like models and recreations yeah. of arcade cabinets and like i've i've the best description i've heard is it's 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 an interactive documentary mm-hmm. about the history of Atari it's not just a collection of a 50th anniversary collection of games it's a it's a passion love project of the history of ultimately video games because they were the first video games
2: I know exactly why this is good, too, because it's it's Digital Eclipse. The people who have been really pushing for uh, preservation in general and putting out, like, the Mega Man collection and wanting to, like, somehow market emulation and then having to jump through the hoops that Capcom had to do. There's a lot of really good GDC talks out there, and if you're into retro gaming, these are worthwhile. I think I even referenced the some of those talks, too, uh, Frank Cifaldi, I think, is the, the individual speaker. But Digital Eclipse, kind of, like, a lot of the people involved with that are also involved in, like, the big video game foundations and the people who are, like, really diving into this stuff, collecting artifacts, finding those documents. Like, that's what made this good is it was historians coming together with exceptional designers and wanting to create something that was beyond what it is, right? Because, I mean, how good can a collection of 50 Atari games be? We all have these on emulator. Most of them are not, like, super playable by today's standards as far as, like, how they're presented and then even just the gameplay aspects of it. They're very simple, rudimentary, uh, foundational steps into what we have now, right? So it's interesting to me that, like, something like this came out and the way that they're presenting it elevated it beyond what it is in a way that is respectful to the history and shows us how we got to where we are today.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard it's very very cool. I, who have had almost no interest in playing Atari games, mm-hmm. kind of want to play this game because I'm interested by the history side of it. I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily interested in playing Atari games, but <clears throat> watching all these interviews, both like back then and modern day interviews where they go they they discuss you know in remembering of what what they did and worked with <clears throat> and then of course just like i think it's a, to the benefit that it's presented um sort of like a more of a, like a journalism project it's mm-hmm. i cuz i don't think this is a an internal to atari project i think someone got permission and rights from atari and made it because it does include some sort of, like, darker, bad things Atari has done. Like, the reason Activision exists is because they treated their employees like garbage, and they were like, well, screw you. We'll make our
2: own video game studio. It was published by Atari based on... Right, I I, I, fi- I, as-
0: I assumed that they would be the publisher, but I don't think they developed it, and it's stuff like that, because if Atari had it, they would probably... No, it's, it's that like,
2: Digital Eclipse that I mentioned earlier that did the development yeah. work on it, and so it's... But what you're saying is it's cool that they were able to just tell the history as it was and not put it in this really golden light because it's coming from Atari. Right,
0: right, right. It's not just, you know, best step forward. It's, you know, there were some hiccups, and some of the choices they made also led to, like, you know, the crash in the 80s of of video Mm -hmm. games where it almost died as a medium until Nintendo sort of revived it. But it's We need more of these.
2: We absolutely need more of these. This is forty bucks. You can get it on any platform you want, and that's a great uh, price for this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like ultimately, it might be
2: kind of like the back in when Tetris Effect came out. Everybody's like, "This is important if you like Tetris." Oh, it's. I it's think an, this is important if you like retro games.
0: Tetris Effect is amazing, but, um, what was your surprise of twenty twenty
2: two, Alex? I really wanted to point out in this section that rollback has been like retroactively added to a lot of fighting games and it has been a shot in the arm for a lot of communities in a way that is just incredible. I mean I've talked about Fightcade before for Street Fighter Third Strike which is awesome. Uh, I still have trouble with it but it, it like keeps the interest alive right? Like I can fire up a program on my computer in 20 seconds and be playing Third Strike against somebody and it's a pretty good connection for what it is. But uh, you can do that with a lot of fighting games now. And a lot of companies, like the people who make Guilty Gear, are even going as far as to not only, like, really make their core product good, the newest Guilty Gear, but they're also going back and making sure the last product, Guilty Gear Rev 3rd or whatever, Zerd, also has rollback now. And that's crazy. So anybody who's, like... I kind of like the old Guilty Gear more. You can just go play that with really good online connection, and I think they even like did a balance patch while they were there. Maybe added a leaderboard or something. It, it's cool that like a lot of developers are looking to the past now and being like, we can, we can just make that good, and that'll perpetually exist for people that want to just play things beyond the week they come out.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, and then uh, a lot of fighting games that came out this year featured that as a selling point yes uh, like basically if you don't have rollback at this point you're dead on arrival the nickelodeon game i know was just like we've got rollback and it was sort yeah. of like a poke and tease at smash
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh but uh it didn't work out
2: so well That that's a weird project I feel, yeah like, i feel
0: like you need a better <clears throat> game if you want to poke yeah. at smash yeah <laughs> I think but the next
2: really exciting Smash equivalent is that uh, Rivals of Aether is getting a sequel, and that looks really good.
0: D- is the DC one or the Warner Brothers one already dead?
2: Mm, no, people still play it, but I don't think it had rollback, per se. It oh, was it did fine. it? Did?
0: I thought it did. I, it might have, uh, but I don't, I don't remember. think so.
2: I've never played
0: it. All I know is every time a new character came out, it just broke everything. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean... That's at this point I'm just waiting for a character in that game that really compels me because you know I play most of these fighting games to some extent right. The problem is is I don't stick to any one character and I don't stick to any one game. I'm hoping Street Fighter VI changes that, and that might be another big surprise of 2022 if we're going to talk about fighting games is the fact that Street Fighter VI looks so damn good. It, it has an really actual good. art style now and it has like interesting mechanics from what we've seen. There's a, a beta test coming soon. Uh, the art what we've seen looks really cool.
0: The feature article like, in this month's game informer is street fighter six.
2: And it's, it's a pretty good read. Mm, love the folks at game informer and what they do, especially in their feature section. But um, to, uh,
0: to wrap up things as yeah. we are, we are getting kind of long, but, uh, <laughs> let's just quickly like list our top three of the year. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll launch us off. Um, Number one easily for me for the whole year. like Everything after this, is like just this is just number one. Game of the year for me, easily. Ninja Turtles, Shredders, Revenge. I've had yeah, yep. so much fun <laughs> playing this game this year. I've beaten the arcade and the story probably like six or seven times at this point with different people. It only takes a couple of hours to do it short, but it never gets old. It's clearly... Mm-mm just a, a passion and love project by those guys and like everything about it is just so well executed it 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 knew what it wanted to be and it mm-hmm. executed it on all fronts i think that if they released like more levels for it or more characters or even skins like if they took the action figure out and you could just if you they just gave you the ability to play through the version where Leonardo's in a spacesuit for no reason. Yep. He's just in <laughs> yep. a spacesuit. <laughs> or, you know, he's in his his beach surfer bro clothes. Like yeah. I would play I would play it again just to see what they added to the game to like even if it's just visual.
2: Just mm-hmm. to like change. Like an things endless up. mode would fucking slap in this, uh any extra levels. Some sort of roguelike element would be really cool. I think Just, there's I al- wanna play this more. It's so well crafted. I think
0: there's a boss rush, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. But that would be fun if it's not in there. I haven't yeah, uh, played it since launch. The, as a mm-hmm. as a Ninja Turtles lifelong Ninja Turtles fan, this is a great year to be a Ninja Turtles fan. Like nope. with between like this is the first time in a long time where like I've dove into multiple mediums. Of a franchise, and it just loved everything. Like mm-hmm. I read, I read Ninja Turtle comic, new Ninja Turtle comic books for the first time in years for uh, an exclusive short series that they did called the called, uh, the Last Ronin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, the uh, Shredder's Revenge. We, mm-hmm. we, yeah, we got Shredder's Revenge, Cowabunga Collection. Um, I got TMNT a,
2: across uh, Justice League Turbo. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, <laughs> we
0: we I got a. Uh, a Turtles in Time Arcade Cabinet for Christmas last year. That's not necessarily 2022, but You're I played welcome. it this year. <laughs> <coughs> um, and then on top of that, um, Rise of the Ninja Turtles uh, has yeah. been celebrated. Also got a movie mm-hmm. that I've been told is pretty good. I've started watching the show. and it's, Cool toys this year, too. It's interesting. God. Oh, yeah, like the, the weird Universal Monsters. X Street Fighter combination, the Power Ninja Ranger Turtles. combination. Oh my gosh, Ninja Turtles is cool. Anyway, <laughs> the next two games on my list are I Had a Ton of Fun, Never Stopped Smiling while playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Just to ha- borrow this
2: off you next time I see you, by the way. Just a
0: happy game to play. It, it truly yeah. is just a joy. And then God of War Ragnarok to end the year off has been mwah,
2: delicious. <laughs> stuff. I'm sure God of War Ragnarok will crack my top five uh, by the time I finish it, but I'm holding off just because uh, there's a couple other games that I wanted to talk about, but Zach, do we want to both rattle off again about Elden Ring? (laughs) I mean, it's just,
1: it's awesome. I wish I'd have more time to sit down and just play more of it, because I played a lot of the Dark Soul. um, Yeah. Up to it. Uh, 1 and 2 I played a lot of, not so much 3, but um,
2: just want more reasons to play these type of games like there's a dark souls 3 mod that's getting some attention that's like a full conversion i don't remember the name of it but it's it's all over twitter and easy to find Uh, like anything to get me into one of these dark souls from software universes where i can just run around and see cool monsters and fight and you know see cool vistas and all this like i want as much of that that that
0: i'm interested in all of that stuff in the dark souls games I'm not interested in having to get good at the game to see all that <laughs> stuff.
2: Building off the mod idea, there's a lot of mods that just make the game way easier. That's true. <laughs> Which is why I will, I, that's, I'll play Sekiro on PC, probably.
1: Um,
2: so. uh, I want to shout out Infernex. It's an indie game. It's kind of like Castlevania two and kind of like Zelda two. It's far more violent. It was made by some very cool metal-loving folks at uh, Behemoth Studios. And that game is delightful. I really enjoyed playing it on the Switch. There's a lot of cool, like, characters you can play and classes. Like, you can make your guy a barbarian. And then he even kind of talks like a barbarian. Like, there's a lot of little details they do that's really fun. And I think they just put out a quick little update, too. So, Infrinax is probably, like, one of the, the coolest retro-inspired things that kind of takes the best of, like, an NES idea. <laughs> um,
1: I guess for me, like... Again, uh, my excitement over Tactics Ogre Reborn. Uh, I plan to pick it up and play mm-hmm. It's something that I could just sit down and play at pace. Whatever that is, just kind of pick up and go. Um, I think a Tactics games as like I can just do a battle and then come back later if I need more time for something else or whatever. Uh, especially for my interactions with Disgaea. Throwing printies around. Yeah. Just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll throw some pennies <laughs> around here and then come back a couple days later. I'll play with the Senate today for a while. All sorts of weird little things.
2: guy is cool because they just keep re-releasing them. So, like, you can get any Disgaea game on pretty much any platform right now. and That's really cool. Yes.
1: And then uh, Bandit of 3. i I'm,
0: I'm... Bandit of 3 almost made my top three, but then I remembered Kirby. And mm-hmm. I I replaced it. Uh, I I did really enjoy Bayonetta three. It's a ton of fun.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, but that's that's all for me.
0: Alex, did you mention three of them?
2: Uh, Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is st- it's still my favorite co-op thing. Like I love playing those games with you guys and jumping online and streaming it a little bit. It's just it's such a comfort for me. Like I love that game.
0: Yeah, I, n- I ended up not picking up Sunbreak because I just had not put in the time and rise very I cool. got money
2: recently and got an amiibo of Melzeno I haven't even fought this vampire dragon but look at that guy he's so it's cool
0: very cool All right. but uh, yeah so that those are our highs those are our lows and our top threes of 2022 thanks for sticking around and listening to three nerds talk about what they love uh what are your highs lows and top 3s of 2022 in gaming let us know on social media or comment below i don't know where we all have things but let us know we'd love to we love to hear what you have to say join us on discord we have a discord and it's awesome uh let us know there uh what uh, your highlights of the year were but uh thanks for listening stay cool Until next time, play some games.